learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. This was a movie about Nazis, but not really. Hi there. Hey, what's up? What'd you, you you tuned into our podcast? How's it going? <laughs> this is Syndication, episode three. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're new, eh, we, we don't really care. You know, not until you've been with us for a couple episodes. Then we'll start caring about you. But this is Syndication, episode three. I'm your host, Tyler Young, and I'm with two other guys. Who 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 are you? I'm Devin Ellis. And I'm Matt. Matt, say your last name every time. Last name still withheld. <laughs> I don't think we've ever actually said your last name. I don't think we have either. Matt, come on. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to leave it where it is. Yeah, I think it, I think that's the mystery. That's the, that's the mystery that keeps the, the listeners coming back. Matt's this is actually mystery. a mystery podcast about what Matt's last name is. <laughs> yeah. And why the cat waits until we start recording to bust into my room. <laughs> And also, who done it? And by that, I mean named Matt <laughs> in his full name. <laughs> uh, so, what this actually is is a podcast where three uh, people watch seminal movies that they've missed throughout the years of their lives and uh, fill in the gaps of their movie knowledge, and then uh, we we chat about them. And uh, this week was Devin's pick. So, Devin, why don't you? describe the movie and when why you picked it so this week i picked metropolis which is a 1927 film uh, it's a silent flick and uh in short it's about a utopia stash slash dystopia it can't um, be both come on it is both how can you be both <laughs> read the uh, island ah okay you know what i take that back you guys are right <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it's no. For some people, I guess that's an all times, right? Some for it's, some people, it's utopia. For most others, it's, it's a, a dystopia. futuristic, perfect city that has a dark secret underground, like the Morlocks. Doesn't seem like it's that dark of a secret to me, but yeah, I, don't, I, like I wouldn't it's even say out it's a in the open. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the means of production because they never showed right. like a middle class. Well, it has it has it has a tough side to it then. <laughs> At Underground. the very least, yeah, Underside. the depths, um, and, and yeah, it's it's about a a guy who owns a uh, a futuristic city and his son and a the workers that are are needed to keep that city running, and there is a rebellion and it's a uh, and it's about the uh, the uh, uh, emotions and relationships that people have in that situation. Did Are we listening to NPR? <laughs> you got real <laughs> quiet and so I'm just, just going to whisper into the, you, my microphone for the rest. Did of you know that this was one of Hitler's favorite movies? Really? Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, he liked it so much that even though uh, Fritz Lang, the director, is uh, Jewish, they actually asked him at the beginning of the Third Reich to run the uh, film industry. He really? declined. Are you serious? Yeah. That's I did not know crazy. that. He's like, uh, yeah. no oh. thanks. Don't don't want any part. That makes things a little bit interesting. Apparently, uh, Hitler saw himself as a bit of a freighter. Or I don't know how to pronounce his name. The main character. Of course he did. I mean, like any villain. I, I've been saying this for my, for my whole life. Every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. Just misunderstood. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to send this down a whole rabbit hole. Uh, if you want to explain why you picked I like this, this rabbit I, hole. I didn't mean to jump the gun. Well, I just picked it because, you know, I've always uh, seen it being brought up as one of the most influential, if not the the uh, initiation into the sci-fi genre of the movie industry. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of the first, like, sci-fi, like, feature-length sci-fi films, right? Yes, I mean, at least it's it's referred to as as such. You know, I think I think there's probably a little bit of a gray area there, but I think for the most part, it was the most, <laughs> you know, futuristic styled film of its time. Oh, hey, before before we actually get into the to the crux of the show, what do you guys what do you guys drinking? We usually drink stuff during the show, right? 
Are yeah, you guys drinking this time? Uh, I'm because I live here now. I'm trying to get good at scotches, so I'm drinking Strathilsla. Strathilsla. Uh, Aged twelve years, single malt whiskey. Is that better than double or triple malt? Strathilsla. I don't know. I'm starting out in the learning process. Yeah, I think like if you get multiple malts, it like dilutes the taste or something like that. I don't know what malt really is. Like a malted milk it's ball. A, That's similar. It's a, it's <laughs> a, a small island in the uh, in the ocean. Are so Tyler, what are you what are you shit? drinking? <laughs> Since I know what you're drinking, I'm drinking Augustine Brow Munchin. Wow, I didn't go and buy that with you. I bought it, and you were standing next to me when I did it. <laughs> and uh, it's a German beer from one of. Uh, it says it boasts this the the oldest uh, brewery in Germany. From uh, it was established in 1328. What does that say? Hey, that's the year after this movie was made. Way to go, buddy! Oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> this movie was made in 1927, right? He said 1328. Oh, I misheard. That's much before way, this movie was made. Way about, over uh, half a century. years. <laughs> and now that I think it through, uh, the most famous uh, beer-producing nation on Earth probably has breweries that are older than the early 1900s. That's why I said they boast, because I kind of don't believe it. <laughs> But uh, uh, it's uh, it's good. Uh, Devin tried it and was like, blech, and decided to... Uh, are you drinking Corona now? I do not like it. I'm not drinking gin and tonic. Oh, okay. So I'm I the one this glasses. time that went theme theme drink. Yeah, that's okay. I'm about three in, so it, it makes up for it. I am too. And I'm, again, like I'm half in the bag. You guys haven't heard it unless Matt decides to put it at the end of the episode or something, but I really fucked up our first... <laughs> <laughs> intro <laughs> i can't wait to go back and hear it because it's pretty good all right I'll find so, some way to fit it into that first song <laughs> so so devon since you picked it how how did you like um what's your take on the film how, how'd you feel through it uh we we haven't talked about it at all like we watched it together but we haven't really chatted about how you felt yeah about i think it i i think we uh tried not to you know to an extent so that we could talk about it now. No, oh, I just don't like uh, talking to you. Oh, <laughs> unless it's for 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 uh, for a show, you know what I mean? That's that's fair. Yeah, purely <laughs> diplomatic reasons. Um, yeah, no, I thought uh, I I liked the flick. Um, you know, in contrast to the Ugh. last episode when he said flick. <laughs> Did I say that? Hold You're on, trying too on, hard, let bro. Let me let me drink a little bit more. Hold on. <laughs> mm. I like flick. Yeah, I I liked the movie. <laughs> I thought it was uh, <laughs> the film. Sorry, my apologies. Um, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was very dramatic. You know, I, I liked some of the acting. It was a silent film. It was a drama, which was a little interesting. Um, I think I don't know. You know, with with older movies like with last one with Seven Seven Samurai, uh, where I probably would watch that again. This one, I don't necessarily know. I would watch it again um, but I did enjoy it and I'm glad I watched it and uh, I thought you know I got a lot of interesting you know uh, thoughts from it and uh, o- overall I'd say I, I thought it was pretty you good should share those uh, interesting thoughts <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it, it was is it's very it's a very stylized movie you know so a lot of it is very um, you know requires the audience interpretation um, in my opinion, and um, I, I really loved the the musical score yeah. and how it lined up with the visuals that you would receive. Like that open that one of the first scenes um, when they're they're going over the shift change. Excuse me. And the uh, well, that's weird. I burped, and then you say, "Excuse me." <laughs> I noticed fuck? that. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but quieter and in the background. <laughs> I don't hide the burps. I did turn away from the mic, like chocolate rain. Um, he but but yeah, yeah one, one of those one of the opening scenes during the first uh, shift change, you see, uh, they Which have like. The... Sorry, go ahead. They have the uh, the the steam coming out of like that steam stack. And um, and the music score like screams with it, you know. Mm. 
because there's no audio for for that for that sound but uh the orchestra kind of captures that moment i like how everything kind of seemed like <laughs> jesus christ you could puke <laughs> <laughs> i'm good i'm good man De- for the listening audience which is everybody Devin just like <laughs> like ducked out of the frame of the beat like we couldn't see him he's just <laughs> i'm just trying <laughs> i'm trying to curb curb you know just like the, the the natural like laughter that i'm that i'm having in the background you look way more sit. than half in the back <laughs> <laughs> which uh which remaster did you guys see because there's a couple the one that i watched was called the remastered <laughs> it had like a ton was it, the two th- it, it was like from uh, in 2008 when they found all that lost footage no, okay. ours was 2010, actually, sorry. It was the 2010 release? That's yeah. the same one I watched. Yeah. yeah. So it was after Apparently, the discovery one... of all the footage from 2008. So I thought I thought that was interesting because they had a bunch of scenes that were, you know, just um, just described where the, the footage yeah. couldn't have been, rec- wasn't recovered or, or wasn't found or whatever. Um. Yeah, so uh, apparently there was a remaster in, I think, like the 90s um, that used a bunch of pop music as the score instead of the original score. So like there's a cut of this movie with Billy Idol playing over it. Really? Yeah. That's... Which I think would have ruined it, right? We no should way, man. <laughs> if there's like a there's a part where like uh uh when Maria's running from uh Rotwang and it's just like dancing with myself. Oh, 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 oh. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I really want to see this <laughs> cut now. So if you go on YouTube, they actually have like a rescore of the film. It's the whole movie that's been rescored. I, w- I want to see different versions who... of the movie with like modern music or something. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Hold on, let me look, look it up real quick. So while he's doing that, uh, what did you think, Tyler? I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I Surprisingly, I think I like this more than Seven Samurai. Um. Not even like because of more? like this. I think the sets were amazing, and I oh my really, god, they, you, right? Oh my god, like I couldn't. I, I kept like for a movie that came out in nineteen twenty seven. I was surprised at how many times I was like, "Wow, holy crap!" Like that, that looks so cool. Like the robot itself, the the machine man looks amazing. The city itself looks amazing. I know it's just paintings, um, just stuck together. But the way that it's no, guess, some of it's the, not. Like yeah. their their reliance on practical sets boggled the mind. Well, there were times that they had like people in things that had to be practical sets, so, and I was like, oh, yeah. the, the sheer size of it was astounding. So like some of the sin, some of the some of the uh, cities were definitely paintings, but a lot of them were miniatures. I thought, at least from what I saw from the film. Yeah, think, like when they I think blew the, up the uh, like the, the the workers' city underground, like that was in a miniature that they blew up and shot water through. And but in the scene with the kids, I oh, think yeah. they actually had like a, a six or seven story tall. Yeah, like I was, I was saying that to Devin. Like I, I actually like that, yeah. was like freaking out. Like wait a minute, so they're like, are they flooding a giant set right now? Like that's real water running by real kids in a giant. And those room. kids were running out of the background, so like those weren't yeah. cleverly disguised paintings. Those were real facades that they built that went up at least six or seven stories. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind. Like I don't think that would ever be done today. You know, like and safety standards had to have been different back then. So like. When they show like oh people going up and down elevators, like those are real elevators without those like railings and stuff. Crazy, <laughs> and and the sheer number of extras that he had. I was reading it was thousands. It was oh, literally yeah. in the thousands, like and the they workers? were mistreated. On this <laughs> on this movie, they were famously mistreated extras. I'm laughing, but like when I was watching, like someone had to have died, right? Like at least a couple of people died during this, right? <laughs> like this looks too. I was thinking that during Seven Samurai too, like some of the battle scenes, like someone got hurt. <laughs> it had to have, you know. <laughs> but Seven Samurai, like I think at most you ever saw, I don't know, fifty people on screen because the village wasn't that big. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's which is still a lot of extras by modern standards. But yeah, like, there were hundreds. Yeah, those of crowds, extras. Those were all real people. It was yeah. insane. It was insane. I was blown away by just that, like the production. Me too. Um, yeah, soundtrack was amazing. The production was amazing. Um, the 
the actors too i like weirdly like really connected with them like i really like fredder i have a big crush on uh 1927 maria <laughs> so which version so I, again actually i really like the evil version so again i okay real this quick is another, one the right, evil maria was kind of hot right <laughs> yes this is yeah. the same actress i know yeah, but, but it's the had, dark eyeliner, eyeliner on <laughs> and the the, the mannerisms <laughs> when she was doing that like weird dance where she was like I don't know how to describe it for pelvic the listening thrusting. audience. When she was pelvic thrusting. No, not that one. The one where she like did this weird like crane thing, like that like put her arms out and then like shifted her neck back and forth, like <laughs> kind of thing. I love that. I don't know why. And then all <laughs> the guys were just like doing that Tex Avery like <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was that was a that was an interesting scene. So me and Tyler did the math, right? Like, uh, this movie with inflation would have cost about like two hundred. No, Devin Reddit did the math, and we looked it up on Reddit. Reddit did the math, (laughs) and we looked it up. My apologies, (laughs) and it was about like two hundred million dollars, which is about like a two hundred million. That's huge budget today. That's that's blockbuster. Yeah. Um, Which, like, I'm surprised the value they got out of it. To be honest, for that much or for that like amount of money. Yeah, because usually the, the when it's that bloated, built, it looks awful today. Yeah, well, you know, today you 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 get um, that's all CG budget, right? Oh, I, um, I'd say so. Yeah, and they spent it all on sets and extras and um, just bananas. I also, in case nobody can tell, I also liked this movie. I'll just go ahead and get my opening marks out of the way. Oh yeah, so Matt, it's one of those movies that we all agree is great. The film, yeah. <laughs> This was honestly the most fun I've had at a movie in a couple of years. Really? Wow. I really connected with it in a way that I did not expect. Me too, actually. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I I, I loved the production. Um, I really dug so the silent thing. So I, I, I want to touch on that with the silent thing. Like, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> I kept doing this thing with Devin. So... Uh, a lot of the dialogue they didn't have to, like dialogue cards for they just spoke and you kind of had to get the gist of what they were saying um because apparently that's you. a that's a choice that he that the director like he didn't like uh they're called intertitles intertitles okay he, he didn't like intertitles so he was known for trying to like use the bare minimum that he could get away yeah, with there weren't a ton of them for a silent film there were fairly few I noticed. You'd get like you'd get like two a conversation, yeah, and everything yeah. else. You're just like, I think I know what he's saying, even so, though it's in German. I kept doing this thing with Devin where I'd narrate for the characters. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, actually. <laughs> but it, you know, like I I really appreciated that in a weird way. Um, I was just I, I forget where I had this conversation, but a second ago, uh, uh, oh no, I was on a date the other day and I was having this conversation about um, Better Call Saul, where they had the scene where. Uh, Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Hey! Spoiler alert! Everybody, spoilers! <laughs> Head for the hills! Hide under your desk! Spoilers! Uh, there was a scene where uh, um, uh, Saul, or Jimmy, wasn't. he got passed up for like a promotion. He wasn't going to get it. And the bad news was broken to him inaudibly. It was like the camera was behind the office that they were shooting it in, like where, where they're having the conversation in. So all you could see was the two actors talking to each other, and all you heard was a printer printing outside of the room. But just by looking at the two of them and the way they were acting and the way their their bodies were moving, you're like, I understand what's happening. He, you know, the boss is breaking bad news, breaking bad news to the protagonist, and he, you know, visibly looks upset. And that's all you really need. And I thought it was a really powerful moment. This movie had that in spades. Like it was just, it was mostly that where like you'd see people talking and really like over the top expressing the way that they feel but you didn't really have to get the dialogue you knew exactly what they were saying like he's mad and you know he's yeah. <laughs> he's he's cowering from the guy who's mad and he's mad about the situation that we already know about i thought it was, they it did was a, really well a really good job with um the acting to portray the mood that you know everyone was everything that everyone's feeling and whatnot yeah like fredder really loved clutching his chest. <laughs> he did that a lot. So did Maria. To she be fair, self-roped yeah. one more time. Maria I was going to like actually so reclassify this as pornography. <laughs> 
So did Joseph okay, Ed. The- Everybody kind of clutched their chest. Everyone was just like, my heart! Do we all just pause thinking of the next thing? <laughs> what do you guys yeah. think about the... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like the oh, retro so, so, futurism so of it. Matt, I, w- I wanted to ask you, do you, do you know how they did the, the light effects in that film? So, like, the opening title screen, the light effects during the transition between the robot and the Maria double. Lighting effects? Or yeah, what do you mean just like, where they, like, had the, the the editing? Yeah, the editing for that. Like, how how did they do that in, in the 20s? Because I don't know, and I imagine that would be something I you told you already. Up. They literally drew on the film. That's the only way they could have done it. They painted on yeah, top d- of film cells. I don't know off the top of my head. I know they did use a lot of paint back in the day. Yes, th- um, I mean, but it also looks it. sort of. It looks like fo- it looks photorealistic. So I wonder if um, what didn't it looks like, like paint when, on top of a film cell? When, Notice uh, how there's no when, like light reflections on anything in the scene because it's just like. Do you ever see like a like a like a uh, a transparency? in like an old classroom where they have like, here's a light projector. Let's put a transparency right over it and then put another transparency on top of that. It's just that like they either had painted directly. It couldn't, on the it couldn't have just been that though. Cause they had, they had a couple occasions like during the riots or the rebellion. Um, there was a moment. And also when she was seducing, the robot was seducing like all the men, they would do these scenes where they would take um, video of different things and overlay them on different parts of the screen. Yeah, which isn't that just? I don't. What I'm I don't like know. There? But but it was video. It wasn't painted. Um. So they had to right. have ex- they had to have exposed each frame in such a way that it picked up a single frame in a part of the master frame. Yeah. I I don't know is the answer, but it it for the time it's. Like mind blowing editing. Well, could they have in, just filmed production. layered on top of each other? Could they have like re exposed the film to light just in those parts? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about like film film. I, I don't want to pretend to be an expert or anything. Mm. Um, I like making pretend. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what this show is, man. We're pretending to be experts. <laughs> I thought we were pretending that we're like ignorant so that we could learn things. Oh, is that what you guys are doing? I'm just ignorant, so uh, that's oh. why I started the podcast. Was, actually, man, I'm just trying you to started the in. podcast, and you kept trying to like throw me under the not under the bus, but try to put all the onus on me of like, so you're uh, what do you, what do you guys what do you want to do, Tyler? What do you want to do for the show? Well, <laughs> that's good. You elected <laughs> you elected <laughs> yourself as it was my idea to do a podcast. It was your idea. It was your pitch to do syndication. True. But that was because of the lack of other pitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, I mean, like, uh, first idea, best idea, right? Yeah. So, so uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so let, let's talk about the way this was filmed then, right? So, so Matt, the version that you watched, this had, um, like, the... I think the, I watched the same version as you. The restored 16 millimeter footage, right? Yeah, the 2010 right. release. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that you know the contrast between um, the just from a quality standpoint, um, the sixteen millimeter versus the full frame film that they had uh, was pretty dramatic, um, and I thought it was interesting. And going from that between you know the full quality to the sixteen millimeter to just describing what happened because they couldn't find the footage at all was uh, was kind of interesting. Well, they- so the Argent, from what I read, the Argentine um, film they recovered is it had all of the film, but it was in very rough condition. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of it's very scratched and doesn't yeah. look very good. Right. And then saw. the sections that they had to replace with intertitles are because the damage was so bad that they couldn't restore it at um, all. I feel like even really bad would have been fine. I don't know. I would have because right, something. like uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Frederson, the senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Frederson. Joe. Frederson. Joe. Joe fighting his uh, like arch nemesis and frenemy. Um, Rotwang. 
Yeah, like, that, that <laughs> seems like a significant moment in the film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you just this, don't see it. It's just like, okay, she's yeah. free now. I had the same thought. As soon as they, they, were, they were describing that scene, I was, I was talking to Tyler, and I was like, this seems kind of important. Why are they describing this? <laughs> yeah, it's because, uh, it's because it, it was just like damaged beyond repair. Hmm. Yeah. But what's Which weird really is like somebody is... saw that, though, and was able to transcribe it. So if someone was able to see it, wouldn't everybody else be able to see it, too? I think they actually got it. Um, there was a novelization of oh, the film. Oh, okay. Um, for, like, by one of the... So, the, yeah, the, the screenplay was by um, uh, Fritz Lang and his wife. And his wife then wrote the novelization right. of, of, of the movie. And then joined the Nazi party several le- years later, and they divorced. His wife did? Oh. Yeah, because, oh, you know, he, he was Jewish. And she wasn't? I guess not. I don't know what Jew joins the Nazi party. Self-loathing Jew? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that's how they filled in the gaps on what they like weren't able to get from the film they got from the novelization okay um on a lighter note i (laughs) (laughs) I mean am i the only one i know i'm the child of the three of us i'm the one who has the most childlike brain (laughs) rotwang does anybody else you're also the most funny you're also the oldest i I know i'm the oldest and the most childlike however you want to take that go ahead but yes, I I giggled at the name a couple times. <laughs> it sounds like a disease, right? Like oh, like an old sailor's disease. Oh boy, I got the wrong <laughs> And Devin kept telling me to shut the fuck up during the movie. I'm like, come on, Rotwang. It's like it's like disease, Dick. <laughs> I didn't great. like it. <laughs> the old Rotwang. <laughs> I've been I've been I'll... hitting port too many times and <laughs> canoodling with the ladies I got Rotwang <laughs> I think I caught it off of that metal girl I was with <laughs> Come on, surprise that's the it's not the Rustwang I liked him I thought he was Rot a cool wang. <laughs> I'm gonna use that from now on <laughs> shut up Tyler you Rotwang <laughs> if someone like you know decides to like adjust themselves in front of me I'm like oh what's the matter you got Rotwang <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Let me just whew, get that so, out of the system. It's the most funny name ever. So, so I, I couldn't really quite understand what the relationship between Rot Wang and uh, Joe Frederson was, other than Hell, um, the the mother of Fredder, who's who was dead during the movie. Um, I I couldn't understand. So like she married Joe Frederson, and they both they they had Fredder. Who, what what does Rotwang have to do with any of that? Did he, was he, he just like an unrequited her. lover? Yeah. yeah so I my understanding so. was that he loved her as well, and she died giving birth to Fredder. But did she like him back in some way? Because it wasn't like a secret love. Like Joe knew about this. I think he, it was like a little finger love. Like. Like it was a known unknown. Like everyone knew about it, but didn't talk about it too much. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. I don't know. I mean, I, I got the sense that the fact that they didn't really like elaborate on it meant that you weren't really supposed to think too much about it. I don't know. Maybe that's like, you know what I mean? Like it. I guess. it um The plot in this movie is absurd, and I mean that yeah. with both positives and negatives. Oh, you're right. Um. <laughs> Like and this, I think it all functions best as sort of. I mean, it's 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 considered one of like the premier um, examples of German expressionism. Mm. Yeah. So like, I think it works best if you just take it as like an expressionist dream sequence, almost. Um, like mean, it's not supposed to be actual dream sequences in it that I couldn't. There are sometimes I couldn't tell what was actually happening and what was Freder. Imagining, but the whole, the whole yeah. Like, so like when shit. when he saw it's magical realism. <laughs> when he when he saw like Maria in her you know the, her evil form, quote unquote, her robot form. Like so he awesome. had a straight up panic attack, <laughs> like had a meltdown. So that and actually happened. He really fucking like freaked out he, and then like passed out. 
That was definitely like genuine hallucinations. Well, he actually went to a coma for like 10 days because of that, which is kind of crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like who 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 gets so spooked they go into a coma for almost 2 weeks. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think any of it works if you ask questions <laughs> like that. Which like I'm not trying to give the but movie it's not a supposed pass. To, I just don't think it's ever trying to be realistic. It like, sounds I think you have like... to take it on its own terms. It sounds like you're trying to give the movie a pass. You know, that was my <laughs> argument for Close Encounters, and you, Matt, you are not having it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my th- like the thing with Close Encounters was that it wanted, in a lot of ways, to be, you know, like you, you guys even said, like Spielberg did all this research. He loved. Um, he's he's an alien theorist. Like it was based in reality. This might actually be what it would be like if the alien, alien showed part. up. Um. And and I don't feel like this movie's ever trying to be realistic. Like, well, that's true because it is a sci-fi and it's all fantastical and way out in the future. And yeah, it's magical realism, right? It's yeah. not even sci-fi; it's magical realism. That is a good point. Um, and like, and the moment for me when the movie sort of locked me in, and I was interested in what you guys thought about this moment. So he he leaves the Gardens of Paradise or whatever they're called. Um, for the first time, this is early, early in the movie, and he sees all the workers on mm. that piece of machinery, and then like one of the workers screws up and it explodes, and he um, imagines uh, uh, it demon, being right? Moloch. Yeah, but it's a it's it's Moloch. It's the I looked this up. It's the Canaanite god associated with child sacrifice. I have in my notes uh, Moloch question <laughs> mark. That's so. who it is. It's a. It's a Canaanite god, a I think, god? that is mentioned in the Bible. Canaanite King? from Canaan in the Bible. Canaan? Is that a book in the Bible? No, Canaan is a is an old country that is referenced often. They were the enemies of the Jewish state. I did not know that. But, you know, yep. that's not surprising. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. because <laughs> That's not Tyler's forte. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Nor mine. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like, the way I took it was that they were basically saying that, like, you know these these people were being sa- like uh, Moloch is like capitalism, right? Or industry, like people are being sacrificed to this god mm. who requires sacrifice, and it's so unrealistic. It is a moment of pure fantasy, right? Because um, they show and going back to normal right afterwards, and him basically like rubbing his eyes, like what did yeah. I just see? You know. And it's like to me that was the th- it, it was I thought it was really intelligent that he because I could have gone in looking for something more realistic and within 20 minutes into the film he's basically said to me like I'm doing something much more magical much more symbolic um, much more emotional than than realistic like he sort of cued that to me as the viewer. Um, and that was the moment where I kind of like locked in and I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. This isn't necessarily sci-fi the way that I know it. It's going to be sci-fi with like a lot of um, biblicism and a lot of magical realism. And I'm, I'm on that train. Like I accept that that is what you want this movie to be. And I will judge it according to those standards. Mm. Yeah. So I but had to... zero expectation going into this film. Like I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was supposed to be like one of the forefronts of the sci-fi genre in the film industry. And, um, when when watching it, I thought it was definitely not sci-fi in the way that I am familiar with sci-fi, and I thought that yeah. was really interesting. Um, and and I think you kind of just summed that up really really well. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't what wasn't the wasn't was what I was expecting. I guess you could say. Well, so to me, what I thought was confusing was the fact that he did have a vision, and you could say that like, yeah, it's it's um it's magical realism. Um, but he recognized it as a vision. Like he, he saw the workers and then saw Moloch and then saw the workers back with Moloch on and was like, oh shit, that was a vision. Which to me still falls in the realm of realism of like this guy's having a vision of the future. Like maybe maybe the maybe the magical part is the fact that he's getting these visions because that doesn't <laughs> happen to sane people getting visions of of, of demons and stuff. But it was a vision. It wasn't like he actually saw something that happened. You know, no one else was affected but him. 
so so that's why I was a little confused about the scene when they show a uh, uh, robot, you know, machine man Maria on stage when she's doing this seductive dance. Um, because all of a sudden the, the, what the monks said, this, this was, you know, part of the thing that was transcribed. They didn't have the film, um, restored for it, but they showed like the, the monk was talking to, um, to Fredder saying like, there's, there's a woman, there's a woman who's going to be like clad in crimson and, and, and purple. And, and she's going to be sitting, on this demon with like you know six legs and or, or six heads or whatever and um you know there, there, she's drinking like a chalice of blood or, or whatever it is and then it actually happens she's like on stage dancing no one's there having a vision Fredder's not there he's still like laying in bed uh and she's all of a sudden like sitting on bunch of black people i guess <laughs> like she's she's like on this like weird platform on a on the back of a bunch of people and then they turn to gargoyles and then the and then the statues of the seven deadly sins that fritter had seen all of a sudden come to life to nobody and then the the black the the, the people that are there there's they were like holding up the platform that maria was on evil maria all of a sudden turned to gargoyles then they're the seven deadly sins and like and then the people that are sitting in the crowd were watching her and they're still raptured like how much of that actually happened and how much was just a vision and who was having that vision like i got so confused during that part like is it just for the viewing yeah, audience that's... is it it was any of <laughs> yeah. it happening and if, no, and if, I, I don't. I think if I think if you try to to imagine any of this film as a world in which these things actually happen, it will immediately and irrevocably fall apart. But but I but think the people that were watching, for, so there are people there that were watching her dance. And what I got away, what I took away from it was like all the symbolism doesn't really matter unless you want to, as a viewer, get a bigger picture of what this movie is supposed to mean. But as far as like the actual story goes, the people there in the audience, I don't think they saw anything other than Machine Man Maria dancing. Uh, and they fell in love with her and then <laughs> partied with her after or, the fucking... <laughs> or maybe they did. Maybe they did see it and, and maybe like the seduction of the devil or the Antichrist is such that you are taken in by it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I don't... You know, Fredder was laying in bed and he was freaking out during that i feel like maybe he was seeing that happening from like while he was bedridden he saw the demon parts of 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 maria dancing but the audience didn't like he was having visions of that i don't want to tell you that your way of perceiving this movie is wrong <laughs> but i think you might be overthinking this <laughs> like I think that this movie is not meant to be taken literally. I think it is it is it is symbolic to a fault. I guess I'm trying is, to figure out is... what is symbolic and what isn't because it wasn't all symbolic. You know, because th those those like visions that the whole like um like biblical part of it wasn't a huge part of the movie. Like it was just little bits here and there. So I mean, the central thesis of the movie in the end is that the head and the hands need the heart to mediate. Right. right? I mean, that was beaten over our heads. I mean, right. So it, the the like what he's what he's trying to do at the end of the day is he's trying to say um, that that the proletariat and the uh, bourgeoisie are um, that they need somebody to mediate. It's it's kind of a fascist film. Like, <laughs> really, at its core, it's kind of a fascist film. Um, but I mean, like, and, I can't argue with that sentiment, you know. Like, yeah, industry I mean, is great, I, but you need you need to have empathy for the people who are who are the the, the hands, you know. Yeah, my it, like at the end of the day, what I found most problematic about it, and this was really my biggest gripe with the film, was that our our messianic figure comes from the upper class. Yeah. Um. That 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 you know the the people can't be governed as soon as they are out of control first they 
they do something that that almost kills their own children then they get mad that they almost killed their own children and they run and try to burn the wrong woman at the stake it's like it has a very dim view of working people uh, and like only the promised one from the upper class can come to save us. <laughs> I don't agree with the whole like the promised one from the upper class is the only one that can save us. But I do agree with I mean, like, can we really argue with like the general populace is pretty fucking stupid? I mean, look at the goddamn president. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get This so is actually in my notes. Mad, but look at the goddamn president <laughs> and like who the, who would vote for him other than evil people? Or stupid people, you know what I mean. And the fact that yeah, like, I, I, most of us in this in our country anyway, Matt Deserter, uh, is fucking dumb <laughs> as hell. <laughs> you know it's like, weird actually, and this is probably best for my other like, podcast. But sorry, go ahead. Like Brits ask me to explain Donald Trump. How do you fucking explain Donald Trump? How do you explain the state of <laughs> yeah, America good luck right with now? That, man. Oh, <laughs> all you have to say is because we're fucking stupid. Like God damn it. <laughs> Because the working class, uh, I mean, I come from the working class. Like, I, my, my mom grew up feeding us from food stamps. Like, I'm from there. Like, I know what that's like. It, it, they're fucking dumb. Like, they just, we can't think for ourselves. Like, we, like I don't understand how, how okay, I don't want to get too political. But it. I agree. <laughs> that movie, like, makes sense to me when they're like, oh, uh, this woman convinced us that uh, we need to go destroy the machinery because she's a witch. Not, like, because we're too dumb to think about, like, oh, what does the machinery mean to us and what is it holding up infrastructurally that's going to, like, destroy our fucking town? Like, we never thought about, oh, if we destroy this heart machine, it's going to fucking blow up our entire city. Like, maybe we should have looked into what we're actually doing here. Like, let's destroy this machinery. Okay, didn't anyone stop to say, like, oh, what does machinery actually do? Just like how we voted for Trump, not like, hey, does anyone, like, actually listen to what Trump's saying during the campaign? What's he actually going to do once he's president? All this stupid shit that he, like, all the stuff that he's saying on the campaign, what does it actually mean for us? Like, no, no one thought about that. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have that in my notes. Um, and I wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to bring it up, but since you dove in headfirst, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it. Um, like, do you feel like the film's a little prescient? A little, like, do you think it sort of predicted where we are today? I think um, history repeats itself, so yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree I, with that. I guess, for me, the really interesting question was, was this film actually predicting uh, Hitler? You know, Hitler identified as Freider. Um, uh, one of the co-writers of the film ended up joining the Nazi party. Um, I mean, well, so that I, was I was, the time. That was just like, you know, post-World War II or pre-World War II, sorry. I, I just think it's interesting because uh, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the sort of populist um, messages, it's like you can read this movie in one way. And it's just um, what was at the time like a really tired Marxist uh, critique of capitalism. But then it takes a turn and it offers, it doesn't say like, let's undo the entire system. It shows how bad it is to undo the system. Right. And instead it says, hey, there should be one guy who should lead us. Like to me, this film was... And, and it's just, you know, what, 10 years before before Hitler started coming to power? Yeah. Um, I, like, I say less than that. It, Why the... it, it really oh, yeah. accurately predicts what's about to happen. And so it's kind of terrifying to me in a way that when I watched the movie, I identified not with, you know, uh, antebellum uh, uh, Europe, but with our current time, um, and it makes me worry about sort of where we're going. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, you should be worried. <laughs> you should absolutely be worried. Well, uh, I've been saying this. If since you the guys get like, into oh, a so war a with Hitler, North right? Korea, like, like, like you, yeah, maybe it sounds like it's uh, I'm like fear mongering, but like, no, yeah, he's the new Hitler because we're in a in a, a perceived low point. We're not really at a low point where we were on an upswing. But we're on a perceived low point to the working class, and now we're gonna raise up this xenophobe as our, our as our leader, 
<laughs> to wipe out the people who are the the other who are the the perceived bad guy for some reason because we need someone to fight against being like someone to blame our problems on and this is exactly what hitler did you know like that so so to you you know uh, like does that diminish what this movie is no like no i i i came away from the movie with a good message you know like to me it made sense the whole like we can't just we can't just go full anarchy and just destroy the system and then what because then what were we left with a bunch of poor people with no system you know so it's it's this we need a level-headed person in charge that they can they can bridge the gap between the working class and the upper class and make a stronger middle class you know the mediator yeah like i i i don't know like i may i might be in, misinterpreting it i'm not i'm not gonna pretend to be all that intelligent this is what i came from and you know like what i got away from it was uh that we need to <laughs> That we, that we need to uh, be cognizant of. I don't know. We we can't just go destroying the system. We just need to reform. You know. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Jacqueline. <laughs> Welcome Matt, to the podcast. Matt's wife just walked into the to the scene. Oh, oh she's gone. <laughs> oh. And I am now unmuted. She could oh, have Matt made a guest appearance. I like weird interruptions like that. You should keep it in the show. <laughs> You say that every week, and then when I edit out the weird asides every week, you never seem to notice. Oh, that's because my brain sucks, and I forget exactly what we did during the show. When I listen to the show, it's like a brand new show to me. And I'm like, wow, oh, I said the, that? Look at all these things that these people said. Especially because most of the time we record, I, I start drinking before we even start recording, and then during recording. So by the end of the show, I'm just so loopy that I'm like, okay, well, goodbye, folks. And then I listen to it like <laughs> a couple days later, like, whoa, God, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, I uh, Sundays have just become this podcast days because I watch the movie in the morning because I've procrastinated doing it. <laughs> did you finish and it this morning? I finished it this of morning. Of course you did. <laughs> so did we. <laughs> yeah, we finished it. This I was afternoon. about I was about halfway done last night yeah I, I wanted to preface this earlier but like i have no research for this movie like i watched it and then bought some beer and then we started recording <laughs> just like last episode which i just like my, my my pledge for never doing the first episode again the way that we just fucking argued and i got real mad for some reason i, don't, I still don't understand why uh i pledge that from now on i will watch the movie earlier and then actually research the movie that we're doing so I can talk about it with some kind of education. Because I say that's the point of the show, <laughs> syndication. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Sorry, you, you were about to say something. I, I don't Me? remember. <laughs> oh, oh, Devin? Somebody. Somebody was starting something. I was, I was going to say, is this a good segue into ratings? If you guys wanted to give it a score. Where are we? We're at... Uh... 45 50 minutes 45 minutes well two of those are okay are yeah uh yeah yeah um De devin what, what, what do you think mm. what, what's your rating it's uh it's a it's a tough call i had mixed feelings overall uh, i liked it i thought it was a good film i don't know if i'd watch it again so that means i have to give it a lower score than than the previous films mm. um mm. i i would say Overall, I'd give it a six point five. I think that's wow. your lowest scored yet. It is yeah. my lowest score yet. I think it's interesting because I know Matt's gonna give it a really high score. I think it's interesting <laughs> that that we we like each other's choices more than our own. Because Matt chose Seven Samurai and I gave it a higher score than him, and I chose Metropolis and he's most likely gonna give it a higher score than me. So can you can you walk through? Because um, I th I think it's I mean we haven't done our scores yet, but based on the way Tyler and I are talking, I think it's safe to say that's probably the lowest score. Um, yeah. What was it that held it back for you? Why wouldn't you want to watch it again? Uh, you know, I I don't know. It was it was uh, it was long. I thought th some of the uh, expressionism in the film, I guess you could say, some of the more ab abstract moments were not 
the most accessible <laughs> that I have seen. Um, I liked it and I understood where it was coming from and what it was doing. Um, but you know, it, it, it never really kept me super like on the edge. I kind of got where it was going with most of the story. And, and, uh, I even, you know, I think me and Tyler like called a few moments out before, before they happened. Like, like when, like before, as soon as they started talking about like, oh, the witch, you know, which was the, the robotic Maria or whatever. I was like, oh, they're going to like burn her at the stake and she's going to, she's going to turn into a robot. And then they're going to see that it wasn't actually Maria. And then like, realistically, that's the only way that they would have been convinced that it wasn't actually Maria. And I was like, that kind of drives that story. And, and so I thought, I thought for that reason, you know, and it's not necessarily the movie's fault, you know, but I, uh, and like I said, I really enjoyed it, but you know. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think you can't watch this as a story-driven film. It's not that. So maybe that's my problem, because that's that's definitely where I was, you know, coming at it from. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's like that's what movies are today, except for weird art house movies. Like, you need a plot, you need a story. That's funny, cause... and this has a plot and it has a story, but it's not sort of like mm-hmm. i think the driving force behind the movie it's funny because I, I, while i was watching it at one point i mentioned to Devin like this uh, it was the scene where where robo uh, maria was dancing in front of all the guys going buh, buh, buh. and it was uh to me like that scenery that 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 the imagery that they used not scenery the imagery that they used was very uh lynchian you know the way that like you just see a whole bunch of eyes and then her dancing yeah. like, close up yeah, on her face was. and then that is that's a great call. Yeah, and then and then like uh, Fetter like wakes up in bed like in sweats like, and he like sees it too. And then you see her like going up on the on the on the pedestal that may or may not exist, and it's very dreamlike. And it's very like, what's real? What's not? Does it matter? You still get the same kind of feeling that you would either either way. So, no. I I wonder if like you know David Lynch watched like this among other movies as a like and like an influenced him to do the kind of stuff that he does now you know i would think would almost have to like you look at Eraserhead, mm. um and to me that looks so much like this movie i still have to see that that might actually be on my list that's your choice next week i don't i don't know if you have your choice yet i, I do but i'll wait till either. after the rating okay. so right. <laughs> matt matt what you what, what would you rate it matt's rating uh, the part in the show that everybody perks up for. Uh. That's what you're all here for. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited. What's your rating? I wait all week for your rating. 8.5. 8.5. 8. 8. Oh. 8.5. Wow. Maybe, maybe even a 9. That's your highest, highest rating yet. It, it, um, I see the flaws. I really do. There's a lot of, like, Nazism in here. I honestly thought the film was anti-Semitic until I found out the director was Jewish. <laughs> well, where'd um, you get that from? Because anti-Semitism, all the pentagrams. I thought the pentagrams were a symbol for like I thought it was like the Star of David, but they weren't being too clever about disguising it. Mm. Um, but I think I don't know. I guess it's just a pentagram. I guess it's just about the occult. That's what I saw. I just saw religious text, not 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 Judaism, but. Um... Yeah, like those were like devil, like yeah, they're working in the occult, they're working in the evil, like making this machine man was was evil, and that went with the the biblical um, imagery that they were using too. Yeah, well, I mean, I I knew it was a German film. I knew it was just it was between the two world wars. Um, so maybe I was letting my bias sort of influence, you know, me confirmation bias or something but that's what i saw until i did the research and then i was like well clearly i saw something wrong <laughs> it was clearly just the occult um but yeah I, I i i see the flaws uh it's not a perfect movie um but i really appreciate what it was and and to be honest you like you know how they make modern like every now and then a modern movie comes out and it's black and white um mm. I kind of wish that they would come out with a silent film. I I wish they would come out with a silent film every now and then. And and to be fair, I've seen a couple. Like a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Shoot. What was it? The dancer or the producer or something like that? Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I, I can't remember. The artist? 
Maybe, yeah. I've also I've seen a couple like experimental films, uh, which are quite good. If anybody's ever wants to see something really off the wall, uh, go see um, Simsara or Baraka. They're okay. both arguably silent films that are kind of experimental. Um, but I mean, I, really, I just finished I the new enjoyed... Trilogy, so I do like <laughs> experimental films. Yeah, I mean, like for for the podcast listeners who don't know this, uh, my wife is a musician. Um, and while I'm no great expert in classical music, like I really enjoyed a classical score that just sort of like tapped into the emotional part of my brain um, and allowed me to just sort of absorb the images and, and symbolism. Um, so I enjoyed it. I, I didn't expect to. I thought I was really going to struggle with it. Hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So That's really interesting. That's my score. And uh, even though it's unoriginal, I also wanted to give it an 8.5. That was in my he- head since the beginning <laughs> of the show, like before we even started recording. Really? In my head was 8.5. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's probably my favorite we've here. done so far. Uh, what, what did I give Close Encounters? Eight? Yeah. Like, I... F- for some reason, I like this better than Close Encounters. I liked it better than uh, Seven Samurai. Uh, it's because it's a better movie in every way <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it was... I mean, I know you hated Close Encounters. I really liked it. <laughs> but th- this was... I don't know. Um, the scenery was amazing. The The acting was like... It was over the top, but I think it was meant to be. Even though, like... I know they did that in silent films, but... This is weird. Know, like, I yeah, really liked can, Maria. I really liked Frederick. Can, can I interrupt really quickly just because yeah. we haven't done this yet? We we praised the uh, the art direction and the production value. I thought the actress that did Maria did yeah. an outstanding job of playing Absolutely. two characters in she one did. movie. The only difference was eyeliner, and I was never confused about who I was watching. I said that, right, no. Tyler? Didn't I, didn't I say how she did an amazing <laughs> job about how just the way that she portrayed each character um were very distinct and there was no question yeah. about it dude it was excellent she, it was amazing when she was uh machine man maria holy crap like she did that thing with like she like, kept closing her left eye and like yeah doing that like yeah. she was like hunching over the whole time like yeah yeah i'm evil let's fuck them up let's go destroy the machines like i thought that was so i don't know like i was in love like this is the coolest character <laughs> ever seen. and then they go back to regular maria and she's this very like passionate but um very human just kind of like oh man you know she's like timid yeah 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 she she did an amazing job like two completely different people it seemed like um yeah i i, I think she was my favorite part of the movie um but yeah, so like I, I felt a more like a deeper connection with everybody. I really liked Josephat. I really liked uh, I really liked Grot. I really liked uh, Fredder. You know, even um, I really thought like um, Joe Fredersen was a really like great character to watch too. It's like especially at the end when he's freaking out. Like you can tell that he loved his son. You know, he was watching him fight um, <laughs> Rotwang. Stop it, Tyler! <laughs> no, I love Rotwang. It's great. He was fighting Rotwang on the roof, and you can see that that uh, Fredersen was like uh, having a panic panic attack. Like you know, he was standing, like, he was just sitting on his knees, like, "Oh my god, my son's gonna die! My son's gonna die! Oh my god!" Um, so like more more than Seven Samurai, I really connected with these characters. I really mm. uh, and and I really love the setting and uh, like uh, the the imagery was great. And, you know, just overall, probably my favorite of the three so far. 8.5 on the books. Such a high score. I think it's so weird because normally uh, you and me, me and Tyler, I mean, um, have a similar score. And and Matt has notoriously had the lower score of the movies. (laughs) So far. (laughs) So this is an interesting, interesting shift. This goes to show you can never you can never figure out what I'm gonna do next. Bam, bam. Wild Actually, card, no, <laughs> wild card, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess this is uh, the part of the show where I uh, where one of us where you do the exit music. Oh no, that's still to come. That that's at the very very end, right? Before, yeah. 
So th- this is uh, where we talk about the, the, the show for next week. And so my choice, because it's back to me, is Magnificent Seven. Uh, movie that came out in the... We, we just watched that movie. Well, yes and no. <laughs> so we watched Seven <laughs> Samurai, so I thought it'd be cool uh, to watch the Western remake that only came out uh, like a couple years. Uh, I think six years after this movie came out. Uh, maybe even less, four years. Um, but it, it's the American Western version of Seven Samurai. Um, that's really all I know about it. I know that uh, Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen and a bunch of others are in it. Um, I'm kind of in a Western mood right now because uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer just dropped, and it's amazing, <laughs> so I can't wait for that game. Uh, and Westworld uh, second season is coming out soon, so I've been uh, really into that. So I thought this would be cool. I want to want to keep with the Western theme. So that's next week. And uh, anybody got anything else they wanna they wanna add before we hop out of here? I do not. What? Did you miss no. that, Matt? I I didn't hear what Tyler said. He said, "Do you have any closing notes?" Uh, no. I got all the Nazi stuff out up front, <laughs> which I thought I was gonna have to work in later. Yeah, you got all your Nazi uh, rants out of the way. Just hold it out in the open. Nazis! I I just think it's important. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, Tyler, outro music. This was a movie about Nazis, but not really because the the director was Jewish and he was like, no thanks. But then his wife was like, yeah, I love him. So I'm going to join. Yeah, this movie was great. We really liked it. Devin, not so much. Not so much. Metropolis. That was bye, folks. That was good.